This is the time that we all been waiting on. Wait, the no. moment all the naysayers been hating on. Hate See, no. they've been talking down on us and flexing. What? It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. No. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. So Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole what is up, Houston Texans fans? Brad Grew here with Texans Unfiltered with a special edition of our podcast today. Today, our very own young Ari Gold interviews John Weeks, Texans Pro Bowl deep snapper and longest tenured Texan on the team. So, how are you? Have a good Tuesday. I know uh, you guys were at practice today. Yeah, it was a good day. You know, we got back into work. We watched, uh, we watched a little bit of the cold state. We uh, started preparing for the Jets right away, made the corrections, and you know, getting ready to get up to New York and, and play a good team. Yeah, nice. Well, um, I really do appreciate you taking time. Uh, we've, we've had Coach O'Brien on before, and I just wanted to give you a little background on kind of what, who we are and what we do. So um, we are a fan-ran podcast. We don't do any ads. We don't do any monetization. Uh, one of the things that we realized that was lacking uh, in the Texans fans outside of the state of the Texans was uh, just there's just not – there's not constant uh, media involvement about the Texans outside of Sports Radio 610 and Pat. And so um, we were like, all right, you know, let's just get together. It'll give us an hour and a half away from our kiddos and wife, and we can talk about our favorite team. And and then it just turned into a podcast that we started two years ago, and now we're just here constantly every week doing whatever we can to talk Texans and, and just kind of keep the fans interested. So a little back awesome. on us. Awesome. Yeah, so um, I guess we'll just pop right in. So, uh, John, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about a lot of different things that have kind of been going on with the season. But, um, you know, you are our long snapper and have been since 2010. And are the is, the, is this correct? You are the longest starting player on the Texans right now, 141 games? Uh, I do believe that is correct. Yeah, I think right now, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to and have been fortunate enough to be a snapper for the past nine seasons. And uh, the beginning of the year, um, I set the Texans' all-time mark for consecutive games played. And uh, I have been, you know, fortunate enough to stay healthy and continue to build on that streak. I think it's around the 141 mark. I'm not 100% sure um, where that is right now. But I'm just, you know, I'm happy to go out there and, and play every Sunday for my guys. Yeah. No, it's really cool because, you know, your position is very unique, right? It's not something that you're you're not going to get a ton of podium time. Um, you know, people don't talk about the position, but I think this year has truly shown what it, like, why having a veteran long snapper um, is important. And when when I say that, I mean in the sense of you've had Shane Leckler there for the last four seasons, and this is the first year that we've had Trevor Daniels. You know, can you talk a little bit about what that transition's been? I know that there's been, obviously with Trevor, he hasn't, he didn't do a ton of holding prior to joining the team uh, in college, and uh, you can see that he's adjusting to it, um, learning how to do, you know, to have the holds and, and things like that. But can you talk about the adjustment between you two? Yeah, you know, I mean, all it really comes down to is just me and Trevor consistently working together. You know, and the more the more time we work together, the the, the more in sync that we're going to get with with the operation. Um, you know, I think Trevor has come in and done a very good job for uh, a, a young kid who never really held in college, and his first time experiencing holding was you know, at the professional level. It's definitely, it's not an easy job. It's definitely a nerve-wracking job, a job that, you know, as specialists, I think we all understand how important it is. And, 
you know, another one of those things where if you don't do it, I don't think, you know, you really understand how hard it is and how important it is. You think it's just kind of an easy, easy skill set, you know, and, um, you know, me and Shane, we did have a good relationship. Obviously, we worked together for five years, so Shane basically knew all the ins and outs of, of my snaps and my routines, and that's just something that I'm trying to work on with Trevor, and, you know, we're trying to improve every every weekend that we go out there, and, um, you know, I think for uh, for what Trevor has accomplished and what he's doing, I think he's doing a terrific job, and and um, he's only going to get better, and, um, you know, I think that the Texans have a very good young punter um, on the team right now who has a chance to be a punter for them for a long time. Yeah, it's nice to be able to. I can only imagine what that 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 day looked like for for Bill O'Brien and Brian Gaines, saying you know letting Shane go, and obviously with the you know with the Pat McAfee podcast there were some things said, but um, obviously Shane never went through that in his entire career, so it was a shock to him. But to be able to go from Shane to Trevor, who you can see is a solid punter, uh, he's got he's got like the leg of a donkey. I feel like that dude can can whale that thing. Um, so how important is the relationship between you and him? And, and there's a lot of times in practice when, you know, the, the teams are taking reps and snaps and things. Is that really where you and Trevor are just off to the side and just constantly working? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, you know, we're always trying to perfect our craft. I think, uh, you know, if you were to talk to any specialist, I think the one thing that all of us have in common is we're all perfectionists. So, you know, when we're off on the side, we're always trying to figure out, how to be perfect and um you know i think it, for me specifically it's it's taken me a while to realize that you know i'm not going to always be perfect um you know but that's what i have my punter and my holder for and that's you know we have our kicker for to bail us out in those situations if something is wrong with the operation um but i think trevor has come a long way i think again i think he's a very talented young man uh he's got a really good head on his shoulders um and I think, again, he's going to be a player in this league for a long time. I'm really excited to see you know, how his career turns out. Um, but it's just one of those things, again, it just comes with, you know, familiarity and working together. And it's just something to him. just need to consistently keep doing it. And, you know, then we're working at it. And, you know, again, I can't say enough good things about Trevor um, from him coming in here and competing and really his willingness to, you know, work and ask for more reps and ask for more snaps and that kind of stuff. So, Again, you know, the Texans got a great young partner uh, in the organization right now. He's got a bright future. No, that's awesome. No, it's, it's nice to hear. Um, so how how cool is Kaimi Fairbairn? Like, uh, in the sense of, I mean, it seems like that guy doesn't get rattled at all. When you watch him, uh, you know, if he misses a kick, uh, his face is still, it, it's the same as what it was before. It's like he just forgets about it right then and keeps moving forward. Um, you know, how, how awesome is Kaimi? I mean, he just seems like a great, I mean, he's a great kicker in general. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to keep him around. But, you know, what is it like being around somebody like that? I mean, you have Deshaun, he's like that, right? He, he just, if, if something happens, he just moves on to the next play. But Kaimi being the kicker, you know, a lot, a lot comes down to what he does. Um, can you talk a little bit about you and Kaimi's relationship and, and what you've seen from him since he's been on the team? I think this is year three for him. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, you've, you've hit a lot of it right on the head. You know, and yeah. me and Kaimi, we have a great relationship. I consider him a very good friend. Um, but another another uh, bright spot for the, 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 this organization is, is their kicker. You know, they have um, – they have the exact type of kicker that you're looking for. Someone who's got the mentality that he can make every kick. There's not a there's not a moment that really flusters him. He's basically the same guy every day, um, regardless of the outcome of the kick. And I think, 
you know, at this position with the pressure that can be put on a kicker, I think that's huge. You know, I mean, the moment's never too big. It's never too small. You know, and if he does have the unfortunate miss, it's something that you know he forgets about right away. Um, because Kaimi knows that, you know, you don't live and die by uh, – you can't live and die by each kick. You know, you have to take each kick as it is. It's an it's his own individual battle. You have to go out there and execute it. If it's an unfortunate thing where you don't execute properly, you have to go out and do the next one. And, uh, you know, he's got a great attitude, um, incredibly mentally strong. Um, again, someone I think is going to be a kicker in this league for a very long time, you know, uh, you know a kicker. Um, you know, the, the Texans got a bright future for their specialists with these two young kids uh, right at the center of it. Yeah, and, and you know, with the specialists from punter and obviously you, I mean, you play such a big part in this team and what we do week in, week out. And then if you just look at the special teams in general, when you look at the investment that was made in the offseason with Batamose and, and Scarlett coming around on special teams and Buddy Howell added, special teams has become a strength of this team. Would you agree? I would. You know, I would say, I would say that our special teams unit has definitely gelled. I think um, – all the guys are playing for one another, and I think we have a great locker room. We have a locker room where every guy in that locker room plays for each other, which I think is huge. And, um, you know, that comes up big on special teams when every guy's out there fighting for every every yard you can possibly fight for, you know, not just for themselves but for everybody else on the team. I think that's what makes uh, not only a special teams unit but a team in, in general special. And, um, you know, we have a lot of guys in our special teams unit that in our special teams meeting room that take their jobs very seriously and understand that, you know, it's a huge aspect in the game. It's, it's very important. Um, and none of them take it lightly. None of them take any plays off. Um, you know, you mentioned a few others. I think some other standouts. Uh, you got to look at Justin Reed as personal protector and on kickoff, kickoff returns. He's been an absolute stud. Um, AJ, you know, a young a young rookie that we grabbed. Um, I'm not. I don't remember from where, um, but he's come in. He's contributed at Gunner and also on kickoff, and he's made huge plays for us. And we go up and down our our special teams unit. We got guys that are playing for each other and guys that really understand their roles, and I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, no, it's funny because you've been here for so long. Uh, you were here with Kubiak. Uh, now you're here with Bill O'Brien. And, you know, if, if based on gameplay, if you were to go back and watch, not maybe not last year, but the years prior, special teams was never really a strength of this team. There were there were times where we just weren't executing properly. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, long games on returns and punts, and and these last two years, last year it started to turn around, but this year it just uh, the team looks completely different on special teams, and uh, it's been a nice turnaround. Um, so yeah, but why don't uh, why don't you take me through what your game day looks like? Because you're a father of two, correct? Uh, father of a one, seventeen month old girl. Okay. Yeah. What's her name? Parker. Well, my my son's name is Parker. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. It's a great name. I named him after Peter, though. Um, Spider. Yeah, we we uh, we went Parker Grace Weeks. Uh, that's a beautiful name. Thank you. That's a beautiful name. So why don't you take me through a game day for John Weeks? What does it look like? You get up. You have your Wheaties. You kiss your <laughs> wife. You, you you kiss you kiss uh, you kiss Parker goodbye. And what are you rocking in the car? What are you listening to to get ready? And you know, take me through that. Yeah, so I mean, my game my game day routine is pretty simple. It's basic. It really hasn't changed, you know, throughout the years. The only time it sometimes will deviate will depend on the you know the time of kickoff. But if we're talking about a, a, a normal noon game like like this past Sunday, I wake up. I'm usually fairly early to the stadium. 
Um, I like to get in there early. I never really like to feel rushed. I like to kind of take my time and, and just kind of go throughout my process. Um, I do a lot of mental mental work, mental reputation, uh, repetitions, uh, a lot of mental focusing stuff that I've always kind of worked on since I was in high school, you know, uh, always coming down to just realizing how much of football is mental. Um, so once I get to the stadium, um, you know, I'll get dressed and I'll go out there. And what I'll do is I'll start at the uh, opposite end zone and I'll go through my mental routine, which basically I I visualize snapping six field goals on one side of the field, then transitioning to six punts. And then once I get down to the two-yard line, um, I'll flip around and I'll go back down the other side of the field, just visualizing um, every snap, basically going through what I feel like is an in-game routine from my steps to my breath to my hand placement and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, once I go over my visualization stuff, then it's just kind of relaxing and having fun with the guys. You know, me and Kymie like to play the uh, the post game on the field goal posts, so we'll do that. Um, you know, we'll just kind of talk and as specialists, you know, you can never really get too high, too low. We kind of, we kind of stay pretty relaxed, pretty calm. So we will joke around with each other and have a good time. And, you know, usually in my, my headphones, I'm listening to some type of comedian, whether it's Daniel Tosh, Kevin Hart, someone just to kind of make me laugh and relax and, and, um, making sure my emotions are in check. And, you know, once we get done with that routine, I'll, I'll go in and get stretched out and, and by then, I got 30 minutes before I got to get out on the field. Wow. All right, so who's your favorite comedian of all time? Uh, I mean, I usually have Daniel Tosh on just repeat as much as I can listen to him. The guy just cracks me up. <laughs> okay. I'm a big Dave Chappelle guy. I never really got into Chappelle, to be honest wow. with you. I, I've, I've heard amazing things about him. I, I can't say that I honestly didn't really listen to his stand-up. Um, but if I'm not like uh, you know, this two weeks ago, I think I listened to Tosh Tosh's three three albums at least two or three times and I just kinda of was looking for something new, so I started watching binge watching Seinfeld again. Oh. And just kinda of watch you know, just watched a little bit of Seinfeld, like on the bus, headed to a game or or uh, you know, sitting in the tub getting ready for a game. You know, I'm I'm sure that's not what Coach O B wants to hear, but um, <laughs> again it's just something to kinda of just keep you relaxed. Um you know, like I said, for for a long snapper, for a specialist, you know, for a kicker or a punter, in my opinion, our emotions can never just – we can't get too high. We can't get too jacked up. Um, I just try to stay as even-keeled, relaxed, and loose as possible. Okay. Well, between now and the next time we talk, you should watch Dave Chappelle killing them softly. It's his stand-up. I think it was done in, like, I don't know, 99, 2000. It was before he really blew up, but he, uh, it, it's absolutely uh, hilarious. Uh, I'll put it on the list. Sweet. Uh, so, okay, so talking about OB, um, me and my co-host, I, I'm, I mean, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to freak Bill O'Brien out, but I definitely have a man crush on Bill O'Brien. <laughs> I, I think that he's just like this guy that, I mean, I, I feel like I want to run through a wall for him when I hear him speak. And, and I know that the local media, you know, they have their jobs and they have certain questions they have to ask. And I, I think they've painted this picture of him as, well, he, he said it, he's a mass hole, basically. And, you know, they don't really ask the most intelligent questions. You know, they're not asking. If they wanted to talk X and O's, I feel like he would do it all day with them. But right. uh, what is, you know, what is your relationship with OB? And, 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 you know, what is the sense of a locker room on O'Brien? Because 
a lot of times when players leave teams, they'll they'll say things about coaches and former coaches. And obviously there's been some things said about OB, but none of them have been to the level that you usually hear. And right. I feel like there's just a ton of respect for Bill O'Brien. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can only speak for myself when it comes to my relationship with Coach O'Brien. But I feel like me and Coach O'Brien have a great relationship. Um, one I think is built off mutual respect. I have a ton of respect for the way he carries himself, the way he talks to us as uh, players, the way he conducts himself as our head coach. Um, I-, I love playing for the man. I will run through a wall as I've tried to. Every Sunday I've played for him. Um, I don't have enough good things I could say about him. I think he's a fantastic coach, um, and and I've loved every second I've played for him. Yeah, fantastic coach and fantastic person, which tends to just be the perfect world. Like when you just look at him and his story, I mean, he's just a good yeah, dude, absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, yeah, he's a great, great guy. I mean, again, I, I don't have enough good things I could say about Coach O'Brien, but um, I have absolute ton of respect for him as a person, and I love playing for him. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. Um, all right, so we we're, we're, we leave the Giants game. We're zero three. You know, the 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 sense in the locker room is is probably the same as it was in week nine. Uh, I, I guarantee you that nobody in that locker room doubted what they were capable of doing. A lot of different additions added to the team, which I don't think a lot of people are taking into account. Um, Deshaun coming back from injury, uh, Deontay Foreman not back yet, uh, so. Take us through kind of after the Giants game and, and kind of till now. I mean, obviously the Colts game was rough, but you can honestly say when you watch the film that it's just like Ob said, it's two or three plays and that, that game's completely different. Um, do you mind taking me through kind of that, that Giants game and then to where we are now, like as far as the locker room and the players and just where everybody's mindset is? Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, again, like I had stated earlier, we have a we have a really good locker room, a locker room of, of a bunch of guys that really care about each other and, and know the type of team that we're capable of being. And, you know, I think after that, you know, going 0-3 was obviously not the ideal thing that we wanted to do, but I think when we look back at it and you look at the locker room, we understood that we weren't far off. You know, we weren't happy with where we were at, but we knew if we fixed a couple of things, we paid attention more to the details, like Coach O'Brien had always stressed to us, that we were going to turn this thing around and eventually it was going to happen, you know. And um, I think we just needed one win just to start rolling, and that's what happened. We were able to get the overtime win in, in Indianapolis, and, and then we were able to roll off nine straight. And, you know, again, you know, we, we talked about this past Monday with Indy, and I think, again, it just kind of comes back to what happened the first three weeks. We just... We weren't as detailed as we should have been. We made a couple costly uh, mental errors, you know, stuff that we hadn't been doing during the nine-game winning streak. And, you know, you can't do that against any team in the NFL, especially a good team. And, and uh, we're, um, you know, we're unfortunate that, that, that we lost. But we understand that we have a really big challenge coming up this Saturday. And I think, uh, you know, we, we looked at the tape today. We cor- we're going to correct those things, and, and we're going to get ready for a really good Jet team. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. All right, a couple more questions. Uh, so born in New York, raised in Arizona, and then went to Baylor. Is that is that accurate, or did you spend some time in New York? Uh, born in New York, grew up a military brat, so moved around okay. everywhere. Usually say I grew up in Arizona because once I moved to Arizona, that's when my dad got out of the military, so that's where I spent most of my time. Okay. Okay, um, and then why and then, Baylor? Baylor was one of the few big uh, big programs that uh, not only offered me the opportunity to earn a scholarship, but one of the few programs that I absolutely fell in love with the campus. 
I don't know yeah. if you've ever been to Waco or been to Baylor's campus, and and I've heard amazing things have happened to it since I left, which was in 07, but the campus is absolutely gorgeous, um, and I fell in love with it right away, and um, at the time, my special teams coach, Mark Nelson, came up to me and told me if I, you know, if I walked on and, and earned a starting job and, and, you know, had a certain GPA that he he thought that I'd be able to get a scholarship, uh, you know, the following semester, and he kept his... Uh, uh, end of the deal up, and I was able to do those things and got put on scholarship in January. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so is Fuego the spot to go to in Waco for you? Fuego? Yeah, the taco spot? No, I usually went to George's. Okay. I liked George's. Uh, George's was the spot that me and the guys usually went to. Um, and then, uh, you know, if we were feeling really crazy, we'd go to VTEX and get a gut pack. <laughs> okay. All right. And then you try out for the Lions in 2008. Things didn't work out. What did you do in between the Lions tryout and the Texans tryout? I mean, where was your mind at during that time? I, I just, I, and I know I'm going pretty far back, but I just, I don't think people truly know, like, your journey. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, you know, my journey has had its ups and downs, but, um, you know, straight out of Baylor, I had a rookie mini in camp, a rookie mini invite with the Lions, and um, I went up there, and, you know, they said I did a great job. They thought I was able to compete at this level, but the Lions at the time and still to this day have Don Mule back, back there throwing rockets, so they weren't really looking for a place here. Um, so I went back home to Phoenix, you know, and it was hard for the first couple months because, you know, my agent kept telling me he was hearing things that I might get a workout here, I might get a workout there. It never really came to pass. Um, but the big blow was he had told me when he was talking to Pittsburgh, um, you know, at the time Pittsburgh had drafted my punter from college, Daniel Sepulveda. He had always told me that Pittsburgh always said that if anything ever happened to one of their snappers, um, or their snapper that that they would bring me in for at least a workout. And you know, I was watching Daniel play one day. Unfortunately, their snapper Greg Warren tore his ACL. Um, so I thought I'd be getting a call. That call never came. That was kind of the day I realized, like, okay, you know, you know, my football life might be over. So I really need to buckle down and figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And uh, I uh, I fell in love with firefighting. I became a firefighter. Um, so for those two years, I was working as a, a surprise fire cadet, and I was working third shift at an emergency room hospital. Um, and I was just waiting for the hiring uh, process to come back around to get officially hired by surprise. Um, you know, decided to give football one more shot when I heard about a, a specialist combine that was located in Arizona. And went to that combine, turned in a good day, um, had a brief workout with uh, Tampa Bay, and then shortly after the draft in 2010, I got three workouts lined up, and the first one was in Houston, and uh, Houston didn't let me go. Wow. Well, thank God. Thank God that uh, thank God that we didn't. I mean, Pro Bowl season in 2015, longest tenure Texan. Um, I mean, it, it all worked out, right? I mean, it, you know, you don't yeah. go through struggle until you actually find the success, which tends to be, you know, the life of many people. Yeah, exactly. You know, again, it's been a, it's been a very interesting journey. Um, one that I've tried to embrace at every point, every struggle, every up, every down. Um, and I just, you know, I love what I do. I love this city. You know, this city's basically come our home. Um, you know, my wife's an attorney out here. Uh, we had our daughter out here. We love being here. We love Houston. Houston's now home for us. And we couldn't imagine being anywhere else. No, that's awesome. All right, a couple more, two more. Um, is Deshaun really just like that cool guy? Like, is Deshaun the guy that like is that story about when he was 
on site for the visit during the draft process and everybody levitated to him in the cafeteria. I mean, is that, is that really just Deshaun Watson? You know, I, I can't speak for that. Um, I wasn't there, but what I can tell you about Deshaun from what my interactions with him is he really is that person. He is an outstanding human being, um, an outstanding football player, but I think that's the most important part. He's not only an outstanding football player, but he's just an amazing human being. Um, and he does. He has that He has that pull where, where you just want to gravitate him because you know he's incredibly special. Okay. All right. And then the last one. We are um, we're huge DJ Reader fans, like huge. It's the guy that we feel on the defense just gets zero love by any media, by anybody outside. Um, we think he's just this outstanding talent. He just does his job. And when you look at what he did last year with the injuries on the defensive line, he was asked to do so much. I mean, what is it, what is it like being around DJ Reader? And then who is your favorite player to be around? Um. Yeah, I don't have enough good things I can say about DJ. DJ, is, again, is a great person, um, an incredibly hard worker, incredibly talented football player. But it's just also is that he's just a pleasure to be around. You know, he makes me laugh every day. He's funny. Um, he's a jokester. Um, he's not going to go out of his way. He's not like super loud or flamboyant. He's got his own quiet way about him, but it's it's funny and and uh, you know I, I'm really proud of of how he's you know taken on the role of what his role is is outstanding nose guard in the league. I think he's one of the best, if not the best nose guard in the league. Um, and and I think that he'll start turning. I think he'll start getting the more recognition that he deserves. But I think that he knows that everyone in that locker room knows just how talented and good he is, and you know probably all that matters to him. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. Well, John, I really do appreciate the time. I know it's Tuesday night. Uh, I want to make sure that you have time to get back to see Parker before she goes to bed and, and hang out with the wife before you got to get up early and, and get to work. But um, I really do appreciate you taking the time to join us and talking to you a little bit about, you know, you and, and the team. And it means a lot of rooting for you. I, I think this team can go as, as far as any other team in the league. And um, we appreciate you taking time out of a, on a Tuesday night to join us. Yeah, man, happy to do it. I really appreciate you having me. All right, awesome. Thanks, John. All right, bye. And there you have it, Texans fans. Young Ari Gold interviews John Weeks, Houston Texans long snapper. Do me a favor, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to reach out and follow John Weeks on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where he is John, J-O-N, Weeks, W-E-E-K-S, 46. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, John Weeks, 46. We really do appreciate John taking time out of his busy schedule, especially after a loss. Um, It's good to see they bounced back since then. Sorry it took us a couple weeks to get this up. Uh, We just had a bunch of other things going on. Look for more interviews like this coming up, but we need your support. We need you to spread the word. We need you to get involved on Discord. Follow, get involved at the website. Remember, guys, new episodes. Episodes launch every Tuesday. We will be moving to a two-episode schedule coming up in the, uh, the coming weeks as we lead up and into the playoffs. Maybe even more. Maybe we'll have more interviews, but we need your help spreading the word. We need you to follow us on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash HoustonFBPod. Instagram, instagram.com slash HoustonFBPod. Patreon, patreon.com slash TexansUnfiltered. Facebook.com slash TexansUnfiltered. And visit our webpage at TexansUnfiltered.com. Click that Discord button. Get in that Discord chat. And let's talk Texans in real time. Texans, NFL, fantasy, rap, whatever you want to talk about. Join the Discord channel. Get involved. We have over 30 people in there now. We're getting more and more each week. We're going to keep growing that channel. And you know it's going to be a hotbed during the playoffs when everybody's passionate about what's going on. Tune in next time, guys. TexansUnfiltered.com. Peace. Here we are.
When they had our backs up against the wall and said that we couldn't stand the pressure, we still got it done, man. When they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done, we still got it done, man. Now it's our time to shine, it's our time to keep it 100. So we gon' go out here and show them how true we are, baby. So you better get out the way, cause we coming for it. It's all for one, and it's one for all. Let's go. the time that we all been waiting on Wait, the no. moment all the naysayers been hating on Hate see they've been talking down on us and flexing what? it'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan a lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up no. but not the boys on Kirby so you can pack it up so Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston Texas standing behind us see we've been waiting on this one for 10 years sacrificing our bodies with blood sweat and tears but now we're Focused and we're showing no fear When we blast through the tunnel You hear the crowd cheer Deep steel, blue, rowdy red On the Liberty White We came dressed up and ready to fight We are the mighty Houston, Texas And we don't play So now I guess it's only one thing to say, baby Can we tell them, can we tell them Here we are, all for one We want you all, one for all One second, I say bulls on parade. Got a mean D, D. and they on the hunt. Opponents three and out. Now they got a butt. Applying pressure, applying pressure. You gotta watch. Hands going up. Another pass blocked. Every play, every second, full speed. You can't just talk about it. Yo, you gotta believe. It's gotta run through your veins. Gotta bleed this. You can't just want it right now. You gotta need this. Everybody counting on you. Gotta make a play. I got your back and you got mine, that's the only way. Hey, I say today, we ain't going for it. And when the game's on the line, you know we're going for it. You can see the passion, the feeling runs deep. Being the truck is something that you can't teach. Let's go, let's go.